Okay, so hello again. My name is Shadina, and you're listening to Football Drama. Um, I feel kind of weird because I just woke up from a nap like 20 minutes ago. Um, so yeah, that's how today's been. Well, actually, okay, so today's Labor Day, which no classes. Um, what did I do today? Um, I worked out a little bit in home. Obviously, I'm not going to no one's gym. Um, I watched a game. I cleaned around the house or my apartment. I uh, did some vacuuming. I washed some dishes. I need to do some laundry because that basket's getting full. What else did I do? I started doing some work for um, a class. It's due tomorrow, so I just got a head start on it yesterday because it's a chapter summary, and the chapter makes absolutely no sense at all. So I'm trying to see how I can, like, you know, make it make sense so I can turn it in um, for tomorrow. And that's really it. I took a nap because I was stupid tired. And here I am now. Um, I just went to the vending machine um, in the lobby because I need something, like, Anyone else have, like, a sweet tooth? But, like, usually on, like, the weekdays, I can control my sweet tooth. I try not to eat sweets on the, like, during the week. And um, I usually, like, eat crazy and eat non-healthy on the weekend. But I just, I just craved something sweet. So I went to um, get some M&Ms and I got some fruit snacks. But anyways, enough of that. Enough of me. You didn't come here for life with me. You came in for some football. Okay, so let's just get started. Um, okay, so football appreciation goes to George Bello. He is a literal baby. He was born in 2002, I think like January something, but 2002 stuck out to me. And he was born in Abuja, Nigeria, which also stuck out to me and surprised me. His family moved to Georgia when he was a year old. He spent five years playing at Alpharetta Ambush and then moved to Atlanta United's Academy team in 2016. He is a homegrown player, and he made his debut with the first team on September 3rd. I'm going to assume it was that, like, 16-17 season. But anyways, he was subbed on in a match against D.C. United. He got his first MLS goal on October 6th against New England made him which made him the sixth youngest goal scorer in league history so i got my footballer appreciation this week because atlanta played against orlando at saturday they played against him on saturday and he's just like he's just a gem you know he's a quick player he runs down the sides and does what he needs to do. He creates chances. He recovers the ball well. And he also made, like, a good number of tackles. So he's kind of just, like, everywhere. He's, you know, creating chances in the front, trying to assist someone. And then he's in the back uh, defending the goal. Like, he's just everywhere. He's just a gem. He's so precious. And he just makes watching um, Atlanta United less painful. So, yeah, that's really it. Um, He's just, like, really professional for his age um and it's just like so nice you know and he has a long way to go with his career obviously he's only 18 so I wish him the best nothing but the best because I know there are going to be a bunch of European teams knocking on his door in a couple of years but um I want him to continue to do well with Atlanta and hopefully he can like win something with us or for us because the way Atlanta's looking right now, I don't know. But he's one of the few players that um give me hope in this team. So yeah, football appreciation this week goes to George Bello. Check him out if you are interested. Okay, um so not doing transfer news or rumors. I've had enough. Um so let's just get into some other stuff. So the UEFA Nations League, which I learned is a new thing. I, it's like, how do I explain this without running out of breath? Um, so the UEFA Nations League was created like last year, not last year. 
2018. So it was founded September 2018. And it's a biennial international football competition, obviously with senior men's national teams. Um, So the current champion is Portugal, who's trending right now for some reason. And so, yeah, I thought this was, well, I didn't know what this was. So that's why I was kind of confused as to why these games are happening, why so many games are happening all at once. So um, I watched England and Iceland on Saturday, I believe. And I just watched it for fun. I don't really follow nor care about either team's. Um, on England's side, though, I wanted Sancho to play well, but that's really it. Um, there's really not that much to say. Uh, Iceland's player were players were pretty aggressive, just a little aggressive. Um, Harrington Kane had an offside goal. He, um, it was clear that he was offside. I don't know why he celebrated like it was, yeah, but, um, he got a little upset at the ref when he found out it was offside. Um, Kyle Walker had a good chance, and he still balled. I, you know what? He and Eric Dyer and their hair choices are really like bothering me. Like, I think hair suits them. You know what I mean? Um, sure, it's their hair, their money that they're making every single week, so that's their business. But I personally think that they look good with hair. This buzz cut uh, that Dyer's got going on, don't a uh, don't. And then Kyle Walker has, like, his ball. Yeah, you know, I just don't like it. But anyways, Kyle Walker had a good chance in the first half. Um, Assist looked like it was from Sancho. I think his uh, chance hit the side of the net. Um, Declan Rice also had a chance. But someone – Declan Rice. Okay. You see how – okay, wait. You see I was just complaining about hair? He – he has hair. Like, his his hair is a little longer. And he looks – good not saying he's attractive i'm just saying hair suits him you know because like sometimes a buzz cut you just gotta have the right face for it and the right head shape for it and some some guys just don't have that so like Declan rice looks so much better with like hair instead of like that short buzz cut you know what i mean off topic okay he Declan rice had a chance but i don't know what possessed him because he didn't even like get the ball in the right direction he like it's like he did a back heel but the wrong I don't know whatever happened to him happened and he really had a good chance if he like you know um kicked it the right way so I don't know what happened with him um my mom England's England's goalkeeper threw me off a little bit I think his name is Jordan Pickford he just looks basic i don't like i feel like if you were to like describe what the average looking man in england looks like it would be him because i'm so used to like joe hart that's really i'm used to joe hart um being like england's goalkeeper or seeing him as england's goalkeeper but he's like i think he's on his way to like retiring or something i see he got signed to tottenham for probably like a year or so so we'll see if he plays um because don't they have hugo Lloris and Paul Gagazuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguzuguz
And Iceland also got a penalty towards like the literally literal end of the game, but their player missed it completely. It was so bad. Um, so yeah, it ended one nil to England. Um, I guess I can go over some other results. It's just there are so many games. Like I think ten games went on today, which I just I just can't. Um, I guess I'll just go over an interesting one with a lot of goals. Um, Azerbaijan and Luxembourg played against each other Saturday. That ended 2-1 to Luxembourg. Um, Portugal and Croatia ended 4-1 to Portugal. Let's see who scored. Joao Cancelo scored in the 41st minute. Diogo Jota scored in the 58th minute. Joao Felix scored in the 70th minute. And then on Croatia's side... Bruno Petkovic scored in the 91st minute. And then Andre Silva for Portugal scored in the 94th minute. So that's how that game went. Who else? Sweden and France played Saturday as well. Kylian Mbappe scored in the 41st minute. And that's how that ended. What happened today? Mm-hmm. 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 Hungary and Russia ended 3-2 to Russia. Um, Spain and Ukraine. Oh, that was yesterday, not today. Yesterday, um, Anzu Fatis made some history again. He became the f- youngest, the youngest Spain national team player to score a goal or something. I don't know, but that little boy is just breaking records left and right. You know what? Like I said last time, good for him. So, Spain played against Ukraine. That ended 4-0. Sergio Ramos scored a penalty. Who was letting him score? Whatever. He scored in the third minute penalty. And then again in the 29th minute. And then Anzu Fati got his goal in the 32nd minute. And then Ferran Torres scored in the 84th minute. So, that's how that went. What else happened? Austria-Romania ended 3-2. Cute, cute. Oh, that was today. I think Norway played today because, yeah, I saw Erling Haaland. That game ended 5-1 to Norway. So, Mohamed El-Yunusi, sorry, sir, he scored in the second minute. Paddy McNair of Northern Ireland equalized in the sixth minute. And then um, Haaland scored in the seventh minute and the 58th minute. And then... um, Alexander Sorloff scored in the 19th minute and 47th minute. So that's how that went. And that's all for this. Um, I've had enough. Um, so, yeah. Moving on now, let's come to America for the MLS. Um, I guess I'll go over some results like always. Let me see. MLS. MLS is also a... Thing where there's a lot of games happening um, in one day. So I'll go back to Saturday, I guess. Okay. So Saturday, September 5th, Houston Dynamo and Sporting KC faced each other. That ended 2-1 to Dynamo. Orlando City and Atlanta United faced each other. That ended 1-1. Vancouver Whitecaps, I think. And Toronto FC ended 3-2 to Vancouver. Pretty sure that's a that's a derby because they're both Canadian teams. Okay. Um, San Jose and Colorado Rapids ended 1-1. And then yesterday, which was Sunday, the New York Red Bulls and Philadelphia Union uh, faced each other, ended 3-0 to Philadelphia. D.C. United and NYCFC ended 0-0. Columbus Crew and Cincinnati FC ended 3-0 to Columbus. Chicago Fire and New England faced each other. That ended 2-1 to New England. I can't breathe. Um, Minnesota United versus Real Salt Lake ended 4-0. Ding. Ever since um, Real Salt Lake's, like, what's it? What, was it easily the president or the owner? Ever since he, like, came out and said those things, he kind of put a curse on Real Salt Lake because they're, like, either tying or losing. <laughs> so, hate to see it. Um, Where was I? Inter Miami and Nashville faced each other in the nil-nil. And then Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers in the 2-1 to Portland. 
is that a dark i don't think seattle sounders have beef with someone it probably is the portland timbers seattle portland whatever um and then la galaxy and lafc face each other and did three nil to la galaxy so next mls games will be on wednesday thursday and saturday so i'll talk about those when the time comes so i before getting into Atlanta united i watched dc united and nycfc i was actually going to watch um the red bulls game which now thinking back i should have just stayed watching it because um dc united versus nycfc was boring but um i remember that yamil Assad and julian gressel who are ex Atlanta united players um play for united or dc united now so i was like why not just you know support them or whatever um and kevin paredes who uh he had a recent okay so the cooligans had a recent episode and they interviewed him he's literally just so adorable he's so precious he's a 17 year old homegrown i don't think he's a homegrown i don't know but he's um just a little baby he's literally just so cute um, he did a really good job in this game, despite his team playing meh. So, in this game, NYCFC had a lot more shots and chances in um, DC. I literally don't, like, I still don't understand how and why this game only ended nil-nil. I feel like um, NYC should have been, like, 3 nil up because they just, they just were the better team overall. Um, first half and second half were both boring. DC played even more boring in the second half. They barely went to their side to attack. They were constantly defending, um, NYCFC. So, yeah, I stopped watching after, I think when Kevin Paredes got subbed off. Because Yamil, who barely got, like, I barely, the, the camera barely showed him. The camera was just on Gressel. And I was like, sir, I would like to see my other guy. Um, he got subbed off and... I remembered um, Paredes was still on and Gressel, which Gressel is meh. Um, I, I miss him. He's a really great player for Atlanta, but I saw him enough during the game, so I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really worried about it. So I think Kevin Paredes got scored, not scored off. He got subbed off maybe in the 70th, 80th minute. And um, so I just stopped watching. So yeah, that's that. Um, moving on to Atlanta now, uh, PT Martinez did in fact get transferred to the Saudi Arabia club. Atlanta United posted about it, but they didn't like they didn't like give any full information. They were like, check out our site to see everything. So what in God's name? Did y'all hear that knock? I know I'm not. I just this I I don't like living. <laughs> Like, every day, it's something. Every day, there's people stomping above me. There's people knocking on the... Like, can I just please... Can I just please live here without, like, any... In- <laughs> and I'm not going to file a noise complaint because I don't want to be that person. But, like, <sighs> it's just annoying and frustrating. Like, oh, my goodness, please. <sighs> Anyways. So, Eleni and I to transfers Gonzalo P.T. Martinez to Al Nassar FC. Um, blah, 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 for an undisclosed transfer fee, the transaction opens both a designated player spot and an international spot on the club's 2020 roster. Atlanta United now has the two highest initial outgoing transfer fees in the MLS history. I'm going to assume that um, Miguel Almiron was the first one. Um, still will not forgive Atlanta for letting him go. Um... Yeah, PT Martinez barely. He was barely a a player. He joined the club January 24, 2019. And I just I just don't get it. He He didn't I just feel like like these stats are cute, but I really don't feel like we got to see PT's true form, like a true consistent form from PT Martinez. Because it says that the midfielder has scored four goals and recorded four assists and 10 total appearances between the MLS regular season and CONCACAF Champions League. 
During his time with Atlanta, Martinez totaled 54 appearances, 11 goals, and a 16 assists across all competitions. I just really hope he could have done more for us, you know? Um, I really wish we could have, like, because I wanted him to be consistent. Like, because obviously players have their moments where they're up and down, and, like, that was kind of him. I wanted to really see if he was going to have a moment where he could just be a consistent player, a consistent goal scorer, or a consistent assist person. Or even, like, even if he didn't do that, just knowing that, like, he can make something happen in the midfield going on to attack, you know? So I'm just, like, kind of mad. Like, I wish I wish that he could have – um stayed a bit more but I guess the money was looking right so Atlanta was like yeah babes we're just gonna let you go so they better use that money for good and get us a nice player because I don't I don't want no random man that I've never heard before playing for us because we need help and now I'm really even more worried for Atlanta's like attacking which I know we have Adam Jean and Kubo Torres which I'll talk about in a in a minute but it's just like why would you do this you know but yeah so i wish pc the best for um or i wish him the best at um al nassar fc tough okay so atlanta united versus orlando city was on saturday they played in orlando i thought they were going to play this game in atlanta but atlanta um posted them traveling to florida i think the same day of the game which i mean i guess makes sense since it's like a short trip but anyways um first half orlando's number nine which i think his name is chris mueller he made our defense look silly and stupid dumb like he would dribble through them and just i it was embarrassing and it was also annoying how like every time one of our players like touched him or even breathe on him the ref was like blow the whistle and call the foul like like every single time he would fall on the floor there was this one moment I think it was when Kubo Torres had like I don't want to say fouled him because I don't think Kubo really did anything maybe like a slight little chip at the ankle but it wasn't like enough for him to like jump and fall on the ground like he did so yeah Chris Mueller counter days um there was a small moment where the players were literally playing hot potato. I I hate when players do this. And it wasn't even like just one team. It was like Orlando City's player would head the ball and then Atlanta you would head the ball back. And it was just back and forth. And I was like, please get the ball at your feet so we can get something going here. Um, Orlando obviously had more possession in this game. Um, it was just, you know, I don't know. Oh, the fans were allowed in this game. Um, I don't know why teams are doing this. I don't know why. But then again, am I surprised this is Florida, which is literally the epicenter of this entire thing right now, and they don't care. So I'm not surprised that, you know, the um there are people there at the games. At the games. So yeah, Atlanta had their moments. I'll give them that, but the ball got stolen from them too much. Like they would go and attack and Two seconds later, boom, they either passed the ball, made a bad pass, or they either um, got the ball snatched from them. Like, Brooks Lennon at one point, he tried to do, like, you know when they're in the box, they were getting ready to score a goal, and he was up against a defender, and he tried to do, like, some trick or something, and the defender was like, yap, and he took it. Yeah, let's not do that. Like, I, if you're going to do a trick or whatever – Make sure you're like two nil up. Then you can start being fancy. But um let's get to the bare minimum and let's just get a goal in. Then you can do tricks later. Um Guzan had a really good save around the thirty third minute. He actually had like a lot of good saves um in this game. He literally had to hit the split for that save though. Um he was kind of off in the beginning of the first half. There was like this moment where he he had a goal kick and it just went all the is that I really hope you can't hear that dog barking. Um there was like a moment where he had a goal kick, he kicked the ball out, and it was just so off. Like he didn't even get it near any of his players. And I was like, Are you okay, my good sir? But he I guess he like brushed that off and he played well Hey, 
hey, can we not do this right now? Oh, help me, God. Okay. Um, Second half, there was a bit more fire from Atlanta in the beginning. And then after maybe about... Around the 60th minute, it went back to hot trash. Um, Kubo had a really good chance though in the beginning. He had a header that was just wide. Um, I really want him to score a goal. I really like to see him score a goal. Um, but he just keeps he just gets really close. And it's like not like, oh, he almost like it's really close and it's really frustrating that like he didn't like make it. So yeah, I'm still gonna root for him and I'm still gonna hope that he, you know, does a little something something because it'd be nice to see him score. Um, a lot more happened probably, but I stopped writing after that because I was just tired and annoyed with them. Um, the game, Atlanta was just not on their A game and they were just playing really bad and they they were like, like the DC game, they were kind of just constantly defending because Orlando was, um, had more possession one and they were like kind of low key the better team. Um, I wanted one goal, just one goal, the bare minimum from this team. And I got it. I did get it, um, in the very last minute. Um, Adam Jean, who I've low-key been giving the side eye to because like he would get subbed on or started or like would be in the starting 11 to score goals. You know what I mean? Cause I'm pretty sure he's a striker, but he would like give me nothing. So like, what's the point, my good sir? But he equalized in the 93rd minute. Um, he, it was a header which was assisted by Jake Mulraney, I believe. Um, he had a lovely celebration to go along with it, and he snatched three points from Orlando in their stadium. So, good for you, Mr. John. I hope you continue to score more for us. And, yeah, all I know is Atlanta don't play like that again. They play again Wednesday against Inter-Miami, which I'm going to assume is going to be an away game. Also, Atlanta doesn't play good away. They don't play well um, in away games, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, I hope they play better against Inter Miami because that last game was super boring. And I hope the Miami players aren't so aggressive this time. But we'll see. I think Blaze Matweedy finally stepped foot over there, but I think he might be quarantining. So maybe there might be a chance where he doesn't like um break ankles, you know what I mean? So yeah. That's all for um MLS. Okay, let me move on to, what is this, Dortmund? Oh, okay, I guess I can talk about this. So, I watched Dortmund play their last friendly today. It was either working out or watching this game. And so I decided to do both, which was not a good idea. I mean, it low-key made um, working out go by a bit quicker. So, thanks Dortmund for that. But it was, okay. They played this final, I mean, this last friendly against Sparta Rotterdam. And Marco Royce is back. Yes. Uh, I was so excited to see him. I, I saw him on, like, their Twitter saying, um, you know, he was back in training and all that, but I wasn't expecting him to play, you know. So, yeah, I'm happy to see this man. Seven months without him is just, wow, I just don't. Please, God, keep him healthy, keep his bones and his body, just bless them, because I can't, I can't handle that again. I can't handle that again. Um, he did pretty good in this game. Um, he had a really good chance in the first half. He had a free kick. He took a free kick that almost went in, but it was blocked by the goalkeeper. And that was really, like, the major thing in the first half. Um, I low-key was paying attention, but then again, not. Um, second half came along and the game was still kind of boring. And there was also the moment where I realized that a lot of the, you know, exciting players weren't there. You know what I mean? Like I knew Sancho wasn't there because I just watched, um, I just watched, you know, England play against whoever they played against Iceland. And I forgot Holland was out on international duty. And then Jude Bellingham, I believe was also out with like the under 21 England team. So yeah, yeah. So the struggle was going to be there. Uh, Felix Paslak, I saw him. I think just all of the players that were out on loan uh, are coming back to their clubs. So we'll see if um, Dortmund loans him out again. I hope not because I kind of like this whole young player thing going on. 
Um, I think is good for, I mean, Dorman's really good with developing um, young players. So they have um, Gio Reyna, Haaland, Sancho. And then if they keep Felix, they have him and then Bellingham. Who else is a young player? I don't think Julian Brandt is young. Like when I say young, I'm talking like 18 to like 22. And I don't think Julian Brandt is that. But Julian Brandt is a good player. So I'm not trying to dog him. Um, but anyways, yeah, he was there and I hope he stays because he was at loan, I think at Norwich city and some other German club in the past. I don't know. We'll see if Dortmund keeps him this season. Um, my mom, mom goals were finally scored in the 63rd minute. Marco Royce scored in the 63rd minute. He had a great goal. He kind of like wiggled past like three defenders to score that goal. I thought he was going to like assist maybe, but he was like, no, I got it. And he did do it. So good for him to get his goal back from or get a goal from being back from injury. Oh, my God. Let's not do this today, please. Thanks. I'm so sorry. Um, Emmanuel Ferrai scored in the 66th minute. Um, he scored the second goal for Dortmund, which is good for him. I've low-key, I think he scored in that game where Dortmund scored like 11 goals. So I got to look more into him. Actually, let's do that now. Um, what's his name? I just said it. Emmanuel. Oh, I don't. Emmanuel. What's his name? Farai. Okay, here he is. Watch him be like 18. He's 19. Okay, so he's a Dutch football player. Attacking midfielder. 19. Interesting. Interesting. So good for him. He scored his goal. Um, why is he? Yeah. Gio Reyna is 6'1. And he's only 17. Oh my god, he's a baby. What the heck? I didn't I thought soccer players were short. Like, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. I just assume because soccer, like, I don't know. I just didn't think soccer players were tall. I mean, I guess athletes are normally tall, but like six one, six one. But then again, let me see. Anzu Fati is five ten. Erling Haaland, he's probably like six four. <laughs> wow, and he is six four. <laughs> I don't know if I can be um if I can trust Google and their um in their information. Jaden Sancho five eleven. I can see it. he looks kinda short though. Um I'm just looking at players' heights. Kai Haver, six two, I can see it. He's kind of like slinky. Hakim Zayek's probably like five nine. He's five eleven. Oop, my bad, sir. Didn't mean to do you like that. Yeah, I'm just having fun with heights right now. Um, yeah. Get into it. Not them saying Christian Pulisic is 5'8". Didn't he, like, have this whole thing where he said that he was, like, 5'10"? Cut him some slack. I mean, we'll see. That's still tall to me, though. Either way, all of these players are taller than me. So, moving on. What am I even talking about? I got off track. Oh, okay. Um, Sparta got their goal. It was scored by someone in Mega in the 81st minute. So the game ended 2-1 to Dortmund. So yeah, I just really hope Dortmund um, continues to play well like this and that they score a lot of goals and do what they need to do and just win. I would really like to see them win the league and I would also really like to see them, you know, make it past the round of 16 in the Champions League. Like, can we get to like a semifinal or something? Please, Rizia Dortmund. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes um, for them. But, I mean, this preseason has been really good for them. So, hopefully, they can keep this up in the um, regular season. Okay. So, enough of teams and stuff like that. Um, this next thing I'm talking about is something I saw on Twitter. Some lady on Twitter liked my tweet. And so, I went on her Twitter to see what it was looking like. And she retweeted this. And it's about um, – or it – was related to a white NWSL players um, article 
that was not a good i'm sorry okay so the title is white w oh my god have 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 mercy on me white nwsl players silence is failing their black teammates so this is written by andre carlisle i don't want to say carlisle i'm just gonna say carlisle and it came out not too long ago i think around four days ago so it's basically talking about how um white nwsl players are just silent during these times um especially with everything going on with the black community and the black lives matter movement white people still choose to be silent and you know like i said before to be specific the white women in the nwsl so there's a player that had a quote her name is midge purse she plays for sky blue sky blue yes sky blue she's a right back for sky blue she spoke with danielle slayton or slatton on a u.s soccer's campaigning for change about burdens and frustrations on having of having these conversations with white peers she said we were just having conversations within our teams and across teams and it was exhausting but i personally found it very discerning very concerning i can't read so yeah I can see this. Um, during the George Floyd, like during that area or during that time, um, I noticed a lot of white and non-black friends who were silent and who were just being quiet during this thing. And I know that I personally can't expect everyone to speak out about this but the thing is whenever you are one a person you gotta be kidding me right now that happens every single day y'all when i tell you every single day and it usually happens around this time or around like 11 10 p.m girls okay whatever 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 like I was saying before, um, I noticed a lot of white and non-black friends in their silence during like everything that happened because like it sucked because it felt like, do they even care? You know, like, cause it's not like they don't see what's happening. It's not like they don't watch my stories. Um, so like, you know, well, what's the deal, you know? Um, and I just couldn't, like, how can you be on social media all the time, especially during that during that moment? And, like, everyone is talking about this and everyone is sharing posts on ways you can help um, the Black Lives Matter movement or ways you can help George Floyd or ways you can, um, you know, books you can read and resources for you to learn and stuff like that more about black people and all that stuff. Like, I just didn't understand how you would see you, one person could see all this stuff and still be silent about it, you know? And it just kind of gets to the point where, like, you feel like they're just ignoring it. Like, they are, they are purposely trying to avoid it. And so I can really see um, where this silence can be concerning because... I mean, you see one of your own teammates, someone that you, I assume, would have a close bond with since you're on this team together trying to achieve big things together for this team, you know? And, you know, these situations are happening, the conversations are happening, and they're still just, like, quiet on it. So I can definitely see how this is a problem, and I'm really glad that um this person andre wrote an article about this because it is something important to talk about um i really liked what he said in the end i'm gonna link this um i'm gonna link this in the description hopefully i remember because um i think it's a nice read um he said is it a he i hope it's a he i hope i'm not misgendering let me click on his name yes it's a he okay so what he said at the end was um white americans including white nwsl players must grow to understand racism and their roles in it because it is a bare minimum it is a bare minimum requirement for any measurable solution or progress 
It's not enough to wear a t-shirt or to hold hands and kneel while while cameras are broadcasting across the globe. In fact, it's a painful betrayal of black people to treat protest activism in our plight as theater, as something only worth doing under the spotlight. Recent events and the corresponding silence from white NWSL players have thrown into question their true understanding of racial justice and how working toward it requires them to be active. Black lives must matter even when they aren't just they aren't wearing the t-shirt. So sorry I messed up reading a little bit, but I really like that because um that's also another thing I have. Like I appreciate teams and leagues bringing out you know black lives matter t-shirts and all that stuff like the mls has a really cute one that i really want to buy but it's like 30 dollars. and you know what i'm a college student so i don't have time to be spending 30 dollars on a t-shirt but one day i'll get it um it's just kind of like you kind of think well do they this x person do they really care about black lives matter or are they just wearing this t-shirt or armband or whatever because they're being told to so um as much as i appreciate you know it it's just kind of like are you really do you really care are you really trying to learn are you really speaking to you know your black teammates are you really trying to um are you really listening to them and their um their viewpoint of everything and trying your best to help them and encourage them and this and this and this or are you just doing the bare minimum i hate this place Or are you just doing the bare minimum by just, you know, oh, I'm wearing a t-shirt, so yeah, I support it. Like, no, it's more than just wearing a t-shirt. It's more than just wearing, um, you know, clothing. Because still to this day, Breonna Taylor is, I I just, the whole situation regarding um, Breonna Taylor is just so disrespectful. And it really just shows how much people care about black women in this country. This woman was put on the cover of a magazine. She was put on, she's put on t-shirts, okay? Um, People are using her name for clout um, and for views. And recently the, the police or whatever just tried to uh, do, make her boyfriend say something where like Brianna was in a drug thing a drug ring and it's either he says yeah she was in it and he can be free or something or 10 years in prison and he ended up just taking the 10 like why like why is this so difficult we've been fighting for this woman for months now and nothing has happened nothing has happened so sorry for getting off topic but it's just like there's no way you could um, just sit around and be silent during times like these. And I know that it, it's just the bare minimum, really. It's the bare minimum to want to learn about someone else's um, culture and to empathize with them or sympathize. I don't know which word. I think empathy is when you can relate to it. So sympathize with them. So, yeah, um, I'll leave this article down below. It's a really good read. Um, so, yeah. And, um, okay. Next is Greg Berhalter. Oh, okay. Uh, I really didn't want to talk about this man. Um, the only time I want to talk about this man is when he's getting ready to um, leave and resign and not be U.S. men's national team coach anymore. So, Greg Berhalter... Uh, made a comment on Christian Pulisic recently. And I feel like I mentioned Christian in every episode. Like, even when I don't mean to. And I'm really sorry. Um, But um, Christian Pulisic, if you're listening, I will pay for dinner. Just let me know where you want to eat. And, like, I'll get us some food. And we can, like, hang out or whatever. That's just, you know, whatever. Um, Okay. So I found this article probably on Twitter. And the title of it just sent me over the, like, it sent me so this article is by travis tyler for the pride of london and it says or the title says greg berhalter needs to stay in his lane on chelsea and christian pulisic like that title alone just makes you want to read it so 
I read this article and this man really just read Burhalter to filth. I'm really not trying to talk like what I'm trying to talk about isn't like the comments weren't in this, but um, I just there's two things, two things that I wanted to get out of this. Um, one he said, back to Burhalter, who was already trying to wedge a gap between Chelsea and Pulisic. This is Burhalter, a guy who had a fine career for an American at the time. A guy flopped out of Europe, did okay in MLS overall, and then got the national team job because only English speakers were interviewed and his brother happened to work high up in the U.S. Soccer Federation hierarchy. The guy that thinks he can take Pep Guardiola's, Guardiola's tactics and implement them in a national team setup. Like, read that man to filth? The English, the English, they're just the Brits. I'm going to assume this man is Brit because he's very defensive over this. Um, they are ruthless, you know. And he also said, at the end, I think, Burhalter and any international manager needs to go about their job and let the clubs that actually pay the players go about theirs. They don't know better. They do not have a divine insight and they need to stay in their lane. So, Mr. Travis, um, he also came for other national team managers as well that seem to have something to say about, you know, their players club-wise, which I get, you know, like, I can see, like, I can see where a manager is concerned about their players club-wise if they, you know, want to see the type of player they are and how they're doing so they can get called up or something. But I really just don't, I, that's really the end of it. I don't really think that managers international wise should have anything to say about the players at their clubs because they have a manager at that club so let the manager at that club do and say what they need to do regarding that player you know what I mean and so I just think um, Mr. Burhalter should just focus on not being a bad coach for the U.S. men's national team you know Pulisic is fine but um he didn't really say anything bad about Chelsea or Pulisic he kind of like praised both of them kind of I don't know I feel like he threw some shade in this um, in this quote or comment, he said, so let me find it and let me, um, read it, read what he said. Um, okay. So he said at 21, he is a leader at Chelsea. It doesn't happen that often that a Bundesliga player moves to England and immediately convinces there. He quickly got used to the speed and the more physical style of playing in England he is a role model for other U.S. players in the Bundesliga whose goal is the Premier League. Christian is perfect for Chelsea. All dangerous attacking plays go through him. He shines as a goal scorer and provides assists. Now, this is the, this is the, um, this is the part. If he can keep this level, he can play for the world's biggest clubs like Bayern Munich, Barcelona, or Real Madrid. Okay, so let's dig into this. Um, first of all, Christian is not going to play for Bayern Munich because why would he do that? Um, the thing is, he kind of made, he kind of made Chelsea sound like a second division team or like, he just made Chelsea seem like they were just some little club, you know? And Chelsea is a pretty big club. Do their players play like it sometimes? No, but Chelsea is still a very, very well-known, um, high quality, big club, you know? Um, again, Christian is not going to play for Bayern Munich because do you know where he used to, why? And just like, we been knew, we been knew that he could play for the world's biggest clubs. Like since he was 18, we been knew that so Mr. Greg, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I just need you to not like, aren't you the one who subbed him out in that one game when he was literally going through that rough time at Chelsea because he was getting little to no playing time and his confidence was probably, you know, in the dirt in like six feet under because he was getting little to no playing time. Um, and he was like in a really bad area because, you know, you get transferred to Chelsea for $70 million, euros, whatever. And like the manager isn't giving you a chance. And then you have to, you have to get called up. You get called up for national duty and you get subbed off during a game for literally no reason, especially when you were the only player that was actually doing anything on the field. And then after that, 
the manager that just subbed you off wants to bother you when you're mad and you're upset and ask if you're okay. Yeah, so Mr. Greg, um, please just keep his name out of your mouth and resign as USMNT manager. Um, like that moment really made me dislike him even more. Like you made my boy upset. I think he almost cried. Like I think Christian almost cried um, in that moment. Like count your days, Greg, like really count your days. So again, I don't really get why he, he just kind of made it seem in this instant that like Chelsea was a small club, which Chelsea's far from small. Um, and yeah, so we'll see what Christian wants to do in his, for the rest of his career. I don't, he might probably He'll either stay in the Prem for the rest of his career, which is, he's like 21, so he has a really long time. Um, or he might go to La Liga or play, and he might play for one of the big clubs, big quotes unquote, big clubs like Barca or um, Real. So I can see that. I can see that part, but I just feel like Greg made it seem like, oh, so, like, yeah, he's doing good at Chelsea, but he can play at a bigger club. Like, yeah, so, Mr. Greg, just please stay quiet. Um, I just really want U.S. Soccer to get a new manager because – and I want him – I want him – or her. Why don't we have women coaching men's team? I would love to coach the U.S. men's national team. I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe they just need a woman to lead things you know what i mean we'll see but they just need someone not american um because i just feel like because greg bro like, i don't understand what his style i don't understand what his coaching thing is like i just don't understand like the way hit the lining the starting line was becoming now just looking a hot mess his call-ups would look a hot mess it's just too much so i would much rather him just leave um, so yeah, but obviously since his brother is, I think his brother resigned though. I, I think his brother was like executive something. I don't know, but that's just not cute. Um, he literally got the position because of his brothers. So yeah, we should do something about that. U.S. soccer. We should do something about that. Okay. Moving on now. Let's get into some football drama so we can get on out of here. So this week. Um, football drama deals with England national team players for the men. Um, can they just stop? Can English players just stop, you know? Um, so Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden are the fellas in the hot seat today. They allegedly broke FA protocols. Why, you may ask? Um, they invited some girls. I am back to their hotel. So, <laughs> everyone in this situation is dumb. Both the players and the girls um, invited, but obviously the fellas are just a tad bit dumber. So, this came to light after one of the girls posted. Okay, so. I saw a lot of videos on um, Twitter regarding this whole thing, but an Icelandic article news people person came out with this and they um, showed some screenshots from this Snapchat video that one of the girls um, posted, obviously, on her story. And it clearly and quite obviously shows that it is indeed Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden. Um, they couldn't even take the England training top off. Like, how dumb can you be? How dumb can you be? And, like, the thing is, you invite these girls. You know they're going to be posting stuff on their socials um, regarding you. Not even in, like, a, oh, haha, I'm trying to get you in trouble. Like, no, they're, like, hanging out with two young professional athletes. What do you expect? So I um, saw a video on Twitter. Actually, I saw multiple videos on Twitter, but there's one that I bookmarked, and it's just, oh, God, men are so dumb. 
Okay, so it's a Snapchat call between Phil and Mason and one of the two girls. So let me try to get this. Okay. <laughs> Back again. What was you saying? What's the plan? What's the plan? Mm. Depends what you want. Said <laughs> so depends what what you want. We we can come to the hotel, but I don't know how you're gonna sneak us in. What what are you coming to the hotel for? What do you think? Just stupidity all around. Just stupidity all around. Like I I just what did y'all idiots think was gonna happen when you were going to snapchat these ladies like uh, first of all how did they even find them first of all because i'm pretty sure if iceland exposed them, this then this happened in iceland um and these ladies are from iceland so we just i don't i don't i don't get it um so like now y'all are gonna miss the last game or whatever or the next game for this nation's league thing right after making your senior debut for what for what and to make it worse um phil foden has a whole child and a girlfriend so what trash um y'all trash men are trash um you know y'all ain't even men y'all are boys like you heard in the video she was like i don't know how you're gonna sneak us in because she knows that it's not right and yeah y'all i mean regardless they're still both dumb for wanting to do this and wanting to go meet them like honeys honeys there's still a pandemic going on even if it's not that bad in iceland like it is in america because americans are stupid but like there's safety protocols like they're in their own bubble for a reason but the fact that these guys initiated or whatever um you know these girls coming over and she was like i don't know how you're gonna sneak us in and I don't know. 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 But doesn't Mason Greenwood also have a girlfriend? I remember there was this one video that came out. Well, like it was like an old video of him talking about some, do you want to suck daddy's dick or something? I don't know. But you know what? English national team players are all on crack. So I'm not really surprised. And, you know, them getting kicked off of the squad will probably just be the only punishment or whatever they get and then everyone will just continue to go on with their lives and you know they'll be fine they'll be fine since you know um wayne rooney who was the king of doing messed up stuff literally gets arrested for being drunk um at least twice a year and didn't he like cheat on his wife or something and she still ended up having like five little shreks with him so yeah this is just typical england national team things um i wonder if they Spoke out about it. Let's see if Phil Foden. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. So we have Phil Phil Foden posted, following the story which has emerged today regarding my actions in Iceland, I want to make a full apology. I apologize to Gareth Southgate, my... (laughs) To my England teammates, to the staff, supporters, and also to my club and family. I'm so sorry. When I was called up by Gareth for these games, my first reaction was that of immense pride to pull on that shirt for the senior team in my England debut was an incredible privilege. I'm a young player with a lot of learn, yeah, but I am aware of the huge responsibility I have in representing Manchester City and England at this level. On this occasion, I made a poor decision and my behavior didn't meet the standards expected of me. I breached COVID-19 protocols put in place to protect myself and my England colleagues. 
As a consequence, I will now miss the opportunity to travel to Denmark with the squad. And that hurts. I will learn a valuable me- <laughs> I will learn a valuable lesson from this error in judgment. And I wish Gareth and the team good luck this week. Mm. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, young mate. Um, I wonder if Mason Greenwood said anything. And the thing is, these girls are very basic. They're just... Footballers have the most basic taste in women. Oh, it's actually gross. Um, Let's see. Did Mason say anything about it? Does he even have a Twitter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Oh, he does have a Twitter. Let's see if he said anything. Mm, Twitter's loading, but I'm not getting anything. I'm so hungry. I need to hurry up and end this so I can eat. Either way, they really just made someone... They made um they they let their teams down. I and they let their teams down and um City and United because like why would you do this? Just why would you just you know the consequences that you could face if you if you were to get caught that you had these girls in your um in your hotel room. Like are you dumb or are you dumb you know what i mean so yeah oh i'm looking on mason greenwood's instagram and he turned the comments off for his post three days ago and two days ago so can we get a statement young king hmm can we get a statement like it's so obvious that they like it's so obvious that it's them in these pictures look at this mate but like I said before, this is typical England national team stuff. John Terry literally cheated on. He literally didn't he like mess around with his teammate's wife. Yeah, so this is just typical English stuff. This is just the bare minimum for them. So um, hopefully nothing gets too um, crazy, you know, in their futures. But they're still very young, and obviously this is a mistake. But you should know better. You know what's expected of you, and you know. Um, that's the expectation that you have to represent your country and all this stuff. And just like your team in general, like, you know, what's expected of you. So yeah. And there's just, mm. I can't believe this boy. How old are these fellas? How old are they? They can't be past 23. Phil Foden. He, what? We have the same birthday and he's the same age as me. You are a disgrace to Gemini's, my good sir. You are the reason why people talk so much trash about Gemini's. Ugh. How dare he? 5'7", 154 pounds. I could take him if I wanted to. What a shame. What a shame. So he's 20. And then Mason Greenwood, let's see. And he has a child already? Wow. Mason Greenwood is 18. Wow. This is so funny. <laughs> this is funny. They should know better. I mean, ugh. age isn't an excuse. I'm really sorry. Age isn't an excuse for these two guys. You know what's expected of you. You just do. Like, you are a professional athlete. You know that there are going to be a lot more eyes on you. And you know that there's going to be a lot more, like, PR stuff and public. You know, you just know you're in the media. And one, especially with English media, one thing, one bad thing, and it's over with for you. So, yeah, they better learn from this mistake. And they better not do it again. And those girls are dumb. Everyone, like I said, everyone is dumb in this situation. Like, you shouldn't. 
Yeah. Oh, so this is a model. I'm getting a lot more information. We spent the evening getting to know each other. They were gentlemen. LOL, girl. Icelandic beauty queen and her cousin reveal how they met shamed England stars Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden online before hooking up with them in Team's Quarantine Hotel. Mm. Nadia Sif Lindau Gunners Dottier, 20, met England pair in Team Hotel with 19-year-old cousin Lara Clausen. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. They will not travel with the England squad to Copenhagen on Monday evening and will fly home separately. Foden, who plays blah, 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 has a son, aged one, and is in a long-term relationship. Trash. She better leave him and make him pay child support on top of that. Um, Mason Greenwood, who was a forward for rivals Manchester United, broke up with model girlfriend back in May. Mm, trash. So yeah, this is going to be something that's going to be on the resume and it's going to stick with them for the rest of their career. So yeah, that is that for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and that's really it. Um, socials obviously will be linked in the description. Um, what else should I say? I should kind of spice up the outro. Eh, not really. Um, I will leave some links down below, uh, to articles and important links. Um, what else? Stay safe, like always. Please stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, make sure, make sure your mental health is good, you know? Um, mental health for me is obviously a big thing. I, um, I'm trying to take care of myself more mentally, you know? Um, and make sure that I'm not overdoing it, not overstressing myself out with certain things. So I hope that you, yourself, um, are doing good mentally. I might leave an Instagram post about mental health or something like that. We'll see. But, um, yeah. Um, hope you're having a good day or not. Hope you have a good day. Um, hope you have a good week. Stay safe. And yeah, this outro is really whack and really bad. Um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, thank you again for listening and I hope uh, to see you again in the next episode. Bye.